Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are back once again with our weekly podcast, True Heel Heat 111. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news, including week 64 of the Wednesday Night Wars with featuring Edge on WWE NXT and, of course, the latest with the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic as well as AEW with New Japan Pro Wrestling's own Kenta of the Bullet Club appearing. We also had the fallout from WWE Raw Rumble 2021 and WrestleMania plans taking shape. Lars Sullivan gets released. Announcement of a TV deal for New Japan Pro Wrestling and preview and predictions for New Japan Pro Wrestling. New beginning in Hiroshima two-night event coming up next week. And a little bit more, but of course, we have with us once again, the princess of all the true hills, the beautiful, the lovely, Miss Chrissy Love. Hello, hello, hello. As I see, I'm repping my girl today. It's Black History Month. I'm so excited for today's show. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Absolutely. Our first of, of Black History Month for 2021. Uh, but, you know, our resident True Hill alcoholic, he, like we always tell you guys, he is a busy man. He, yes. he will either be joining us pretty late or he will be back with us on the next episode. But he has big shoes always to fill yes. when he's not with us. But we have someone that I think I think may fit the bill. May okay. fit the bill. That can fit that that can join us. He is a podcaster like us. He is a teacher, a musician. He is actually he actually has composed wrestling entrance themes for uh, various different promotions. I'm gonna let himself put him over with the different promotions (laughs) so he can have his brush off the shoulder moment. (laughs) He is the one, the only John Kerndon. You always give me such good introductions, man. And what an introduction to the most over podcast in professional wrestling, True Heel Heat. It's always such an honor to be with y'all and just be talking about all things wrestling. You guys are always covering it all. And that's something that not a lot of podcasts do. Not a lot of podcasts can cover it all, and y'all do it. Um, Like you guys said at the top of the hour, I've done themes for people in different promotions, Ring of Honor, uh, AEW, New Japan. Basically, if there's a promotion out there, an indie wrestler or a professional wrestler of any size, I'm the guy to go to. Thank you all so much for who have worked with me so far. I'm excited to work with y'all going forward. But we are here to talk about all of the great things that it happened this week. You kind of brought it up at the beginning. A little bit of uh, New Japan, AEW coming together. Finally, the door has been kicked open. Kicked open. Wide open. The oh, forbidden man. door may be open, folks. And we will get into it. Uh, of course, this is a reminder to everyone watching on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, if you are new... Push that subscribe button. You can also push the iCard right there. That will help you subscribe. Of course, push the bell to press all for all notifications for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. If you enjoy True Hill Heat, give us a thumbs up. If you don't, let us know in the comments section below. We are very close to 1K and we're remarkably 
there is somehow almost 50% of you watching on YouTube that haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet. Watching oh, YouTube. guys, come on. So, so you need to get on it, and yeah. you guys will help us get, a, get across that milestone. Come on, and, let's go. And, of course, if you are watching us on Powered 4 TV, you can subscribe to Powered 4 TV. There is a, a, a couple of different ways for you to do it. But if you want to save some money with Powered 4 TV, you can now do it with my promo code, my personal promo code. SP3. SP3. Because I am now uh, one of the correspondents for Powered 4 TV uh, with a new show on Mondays, 5 p.m., EST, that's 12 p.m. here, EST, and <laughs> it's called Powered 4 SP3. So you could check that out on Powered 4 th TV. If you want to get all the different promotions, True Hill Heat is on there, Stewie's Wrestling Podcast, Wrestling Travel, you could subscribe using SP3 as the promo code. So wow. good there. And this edition of True Hill Heat is brought to you guys by Mission Pro Wrestling. This is going to come out just a few hours before their big show this Saturday, February 6th in Boodoo, Texas. In uh, Pinball's Kingdom, is, is a, it's a crazy place. It looks like a circus. It's, it's a lot of fun if you're watching on TV or whether you're there. If you're in the Texas area, you can get a ticket on MissionProWrestling.com. Or you could watch it on Title Match Wrestling Network, like I will. So I hope you will as well. And Mission Pro Wrestling, we got a bunch of good stuff on our YouTube channel right now that you could check out. My interview with Holiday gets real, it gets it gets passionate, and we show some love for our good brother Darius Carter. So it's a bunch of great yes. on that oh, interview. So, so check it out, and of course check out Wishes Granted. Saturday, February 6th. If you're watching this after Saturday, check it out on Title Match Wrestling Network. Great service over there to watch professional wrestling. So, real quick, real quick, I got to cut you off for a second because you talked about Mission Pro Wrestling. You talked about the show coming up. I also got to rep my girl, Masha Slamovich, who has come back from Japan to take Mission Pro Wrestling over. Uh, she, I wrote a theme for her uh, about a year ago. I think she's going to be using it out there also. But if y'all don't know Masha, she's basically coming in. She's going to be dominating that scene over there. So give your love to her when you see her. Japan's been great to her, but she's back to conquer the U.S. for a little bit of time here. Just had to put her <laughs> over real quick also. <laughs> And it's funny you mentioned that, sir, because, you know, it, I, I don't know if it'll be out by the time you watch this live, if you're watching on the live version, or when we, when we drop this on Saturday, or you're watching afterwards, but you will probably see SP3 in an interview with Masha Slamovich. I agree with you. She is taking it by storm, and I heard her name. I hadn't seen her yet, and I said that's one of the greatest wrestling names ever. Masha <laughs> Slamovich. I was just like, yes. I, I, I need to meet her. I need to chat with her. So <laughs> that will be up on the YouTube channel as well. But speaking of the YouTube channel, we got to shout out you, the subscribers of our YouTube channel. Everyone supporting us on our on our social media. We always got to shout you out. So we start off with the True Hill Roll Call and our top three conversation starters. The True Hill Trinity or the Nick Jacksons of the world. We have coming in at number three, James Wims. Coming in at number two, we got Amp McLennan Dominic. And coming in at number one, once again, is Josh Mitchell. 
Uh, we got a couple of True Hills to shout out. We got Josh David, Matt Morton, and fifth generation Carney, who was very busy in our live chat. We want to thank you, sir. You were providing a lot of stuff for us to talk about during our live pay-per-view roundtable review for the Royal Rumble 2021. Man, it was eight of us. It was crazy. <laughs> Jam packed. Different Wi-Fi and lag, and it was so much hijinks, so funny, so much fun. But check out that chaos that's up on the YouTube channel as well. A couple of YouTube subscriber highlights. We got CMSTTP. To be fair, I only see Shadow, but besides that, I like that. I like the content, man. Talking about Romeo Report number six. Have uh, Christy Love? Have you seen the Romeo Report number six, the new edition? I, I attempted to watch it and then I turned it off because it was, it's pu it pure foolishness. So therefore, love you, Romeo, but right now, take the L, friend. It's okay. It's okay. John, we will talk about the Royal Rumble shortly, but our good friend Romeo pointed out that my, apparently Bianca Belair's feet did touch the floor. What's your thoughts? Do you think that Bianca is this generation's rocking Royal Rumble 2000? Number one, don't start this right now. Because right. Bianca Belair needs to be going to the WrestleMania. She needs to be in there, and she needs to take the championship from whoever she decides to challenge first. Thank Second, you. 100%. But you know what? If you want to spin this, and we do want to say that the feet touch the floor, okay, fine. We got a, uh, what, like a month and a half until WrestleMania, two months almost. You got to have a feud go in there. Rhea Ripley's always going to deliver. Bianca Belair's always going to deliver. And you know what? I'm cool with Rhea Ripley taking an ass kicking on the way to WrestleMania for Bel uh, Bianca Belair. Let's do it. That's cool. I, I, but, you know, let's just make it seamless. Her feet didn't touch the floor. I don't care what the photos say. You could right. chose it at a different angle. We're good. Bianca Belair is going to WrestleMania. That's what it is. Keep it going. Thank you. See, well said, sir. Well said. That is a message to you, Robio. He says he's just a reporter, folks, but he is no, a you're very, you're very salty. You've been salty since the Royal Rumble. All your people lost that night, and you were salty ever since. Please stop it, friend. I love you. Love you to death. But you salty. Take the L, friend. It's okay. Everyone can't be... Your, your winners can't always win. Can't wait to have him back on. Kwame Shafir says, on True Hill Heat 110, WWE has too many pay-per-views, and they can uh, fix that problem by getting rid of the themed pay-per-views, like Elimination Chamber, and filler pay-per-views like Fastlane. Raw 20 years ago yeah. was a show that was a can't-miss show that was two hours. Fast forward to 2021... Three-hour Raw is cancerous within itself and produce poor, uh, boring, repetitive, unexciting, overproduced, intelligence-insulting, sleep-inducing television. That is very descriptive. <sighs> Woo! So, so Chrissy, I, I think you agree with that, don't you? I told, I, I've been saying it for a long time. We don't need to have all these pay-per-views, like especially on our road to WrestleMania. We don't need one in March. Let's just have like just fill it in at least you back down and raw impactful where we are and we want to tune in for the next week and we don't have to watch a pay-per-view with of meaningless matches to go to WrestleMania. 
you, you got some good points there, and we will be talking about the Royal Rumble for sure. Kayfabe Tactics is our last one, our king of the comments section. He says, I enjoyed the show well enough talking about True Hill Heat 110, but it was pretty much just on in the background while I did other other shit. I think he's talking about the uh, Royal Rumble. I'll, I'll pay attention to you all, though, because you are all are great uh hope 2021 is doing good things for you all have a great week so we got to talk about the big news we got to start things off with what we miss and what we miss was a very interesting wednesday night of the wednesday night wars between wwe nxt and aew dynamite I, I'll, I'll just be honest off the bat, folks. More specifically, AEW Dynamite. <laughs> but we start things off, as always, telling you the ratings. Then we tell you what happened. And we go around our panel of hosts. And we decide what we thought was the better show for the week. So, Miss Chrissy Love, do you want to hit the drums? Yes, sir. So... For week 64 of the Wednesday Night Wars, going head-to-head, WWE NXT comes in with 610,000 viewers. That is down from last week when they did 720,000 viewers to AEW Dynamite with their Beach Break Special with 844,000 viewers. That is up. From last week, 734,000. Over on AEW Beach Break, we had Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers defeat John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix in a great main event matchup. And then, the shocker of all shockers, New Japan Pro Wrestling's own Kenta of the Bullet Club debuted and attacked Moxley after the match next week. Omega teams with Kenta to face Moxley and Lance Archer in a lights-out, non-sanctioned matchup because Kenta is a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they can't sanction it under AEW. But this follows up with what we talked about last time with Moxley appearing on New Japan Strong, which is in the U.S., so... We will talk about it in depth. Also on AEW Dynamite, Chris Jericho and MJF win the Tag Team Battle Royal to get a shot at the AEW World Tag Team titles. We had Britt Baker defeat Thunder Rosa in a rock-sided, gritty grudge match. Uh, re- really one of my favorite matches in on either show for uh, Wednesday night this, this week. Orange Cassidy and Charles Taylor, the butler, got the last <laughs> laugh on Miro... And Kip at the wedding, which featured the sinister minister, James Mitchell. We also had Cody and Red Velvet versus Shaq and Jade Cargill. Is made official for the March 3rd AEW Dynamite. And the lineup for AEW's Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament is set with returns of Riho, Yuka Sakasaki, and Aja Kong. As well as debut of Stardom and Yoshi Pro Talent. We WWE NXT had the Rated R Superstar and the 2020-21 
2021 uh, men's <laughs> Raw Rumble winner Edge uh, show up on the show and help hype Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for TakeOver Vengeance Day, which is on Valentine's Day, and confront Karrion right. uh, Cross. We also saw Ciampa and Thatcher defeat Cole and Strong in a very strong main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Legado Del Fantasma defeat Lucha House Party to advance in the Dusty Cup. Both of those matches, Dakota and Raquel beat Casey and Caden to advance in the Women's Dusty Cup, and Santos Escobar defeated Kurt Stalin to successfully defend the NXT Cruiserweight title. So, broke down both shows, pretty much the, the, the noteworthy stuff. So, I'm going to kick it over to you guys. We're going to start with our special guest, John. What did you think was the better show for the week? <laughs> AEW this week proved how you book a pro wrestling show. And by that, I mean not a pro wrestling show that is out to compete with your competition, but simply a pro wrestling show. AEW, first and foremost, I love Thunder Rosa and I love Britt Baker. And I'm really, I've been grateful for a while to see how AEW has taken the NWA talent and the UWN talent and really tried to integrate them into the AEW product. But this is what WWE tends to do. But they have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, NXT UK. They have their whole universe under one umbrella. So it doesn't always feel natural when the worlds merge. You're like, oh, this person just was free on a Wednesday or something like that. Okay. Um, But here, you go ahead and you build up someone like Thunder Rosa, who we all know is amazing. Thunder Rosa has had a great last two years, I would say. She's just hoofing it on her own, doing everything. They built up her stock so much in AEW for this feud. And the match was great, but this is what you bring people like Thunder Rosa in for. You bring someone like Thunder Rosa in, have a lot of credit, but then you have this one talent that you know you want to get over that's really good, and you have her go over this other talent. And because they're external, it doesn't really hurt them too much. They're like, oh, they got play on AEW, but they're still contracted to NWA and all that. So I thought that was really good. Um, That main event was great. Again, just another showcasing of what they're trying to do. Um, I think it's really interesting, too, because they're kind of painting Moxley as a person who's going to fight everybody, but is now just trying to find people to team with him, too. It's kind of one of those things where he's painted himself as much as a loner. So obviously, when you put him up against what is essentially the elite, he's, you know, you have a team with such good chemistry and him, who's a great fighter. But it's like, okay, he's never teamed with these guys before. He's never teamed with this guy before. Okay, cool. And then guess what? At the end of the match, who's going to come in? But Kenta, the guy who's been looking for a championship match for almost half a year now. And I just can't say enough good things about how this show was booked. Uh, I think NXT had some great matches. It had some great moments. Mm -hmm. But but, I mean, I don't know if they knew some of the stuff that was going to happen. If WWE was kind of privy to, oh, Kent is going to come over, so let's bring Edge down. But when we knew that Charlotte and Rhea were going to tie it up, it was believable because Rhea was in her face on other shows. Like, there was a lot. So you were like, okay, cool. That's the direction they're going. I don't think anyone really believes that Edge is going to compete for the NXT title. So it was legitimately like, it was cool to see him. And it was like when John Cena came on NXT like seven, eight years ago, that was cool. But 
you know that Edge is not going to, and you know he's not going to fight Karrion Cross, and you know that he's <laughs> not going to spear Finn Balor out of the air of a coup de gras. If that happens, though, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. But I just think that this week, AEW put on a superior product in general, and um, those ratings are well-deserved. Uh, it was, yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about the show, up and down. Great stuff, great insight on both shows. Chrissy Love, what what did you think was the better show this week? Um, AEW was great, I, even though I thought it was all over the place. I didn't feel like the well-put-together show like it usually is, but I think the ending saved it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the wedding was just all over the place. I was just like, okay, what is happening right now? Like, what is he saying? Okay, like, talk already, like, it just, I just, I just, I hate that whole segment of third in the trash. I'm sorry. Um, NXT wasn't bad either. They both wasn't bad shows. I think the main event was great. I love, like he said, we all know that Edge is not going to face Finn Balor or, 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 or Karrion Kr- We just know, like, it's just, we just know that it's not happening. Now, it was great to see him interact with the younger guys on the show and he like he said he he watched it at home he's a fan and he's never been in this 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 um it wasn't around when he was there so it was actually pretty good like, i love the whole story that he was telling i love like he's edging the two guys on I, I thought that was really really good so i enjoyed that part of the show as well um i didn't understand why scott uh scarlet was out there when it was the uh cruiserweight title happening is that what it was that was um, basically what happened was Santos Escobar cut a promo and he basically insulted Karrion Cross, saying that he's not, he's not a champion that gets his shoulder hurt and has to wink, relinquish his title. Ooh, okay, got it. So, that's where the TikTok came in at. Got it now. Okay, now I understand why she was there. Because I was like, maybe because I, I walked away and I come back, I was like, why is she even here? Like, I'm, I'm so confused. Anywho... I'm going to only give it to AEW because they had the save at the ending with Kenta coming. Now, this is how you put a brand-to-brand invitational in, in rolling. This is how the real brand-to-brand invitation works, guys. Take note to WWE. Like, this is the officially doing brand-to-brand. Like, we're doing all of them now. Like, you can't, like... AEW is on is on a roll. Like they they've surpassed WWE like tenfold now. They they've surpassed them. I, I really think like if they keep doing what they're doing, they're the sky is the limit for them. What they are doing is just like pure like golden right now. And and for you to have all of these companies saying, Yes, we will work with you. Yes, we will do this with you. Like this is um like no one's done this. So That's this true. This is be- this is wonderful, and I think this is what wrestling needs. I think they need it. So my answer is going to be AEW for the win. Sorry to go on and on and on, but yes, there no. you go. No, no, preach, preach. preach. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make it unanimous that I agree with you guys. AEW wins this week. They just had a stronger, well-built show, and they're building this. Uh, reputation with their specials of big moments or big endings, big mm-hmm. angles at the end because you had New Year's Smash Night 1 with the two sweet at the end with yes. the whole 
Bullet Club reunion. You had uh, Winter is Coming with Omega winning the title and teaming up with Don Callis. And yeah. now you've got this whole situation with Kenta from New Japan Pro Wrestling coming in. And I said it last night that there hasn't been a company in a very long time that brings hope and excitement as often as AEW. Like yeah. WWE, I think we all felt it, especially during like this year's Royal Rumble, knowing it was going to be a little bit different. But I heard a lot of people saying that, you know, around the Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania, there's a sense of hope for WWE fans. But <laughs> I feel like AEW, you know, out, outside of the road to WrestleMania when it comes to WWE, I don't feel like they give us that much hope and excitement. And I think that's the period of the year that they dedicate to giving us some type of hope and excitement. But I, I just feel like AEW has been doing it on a more often base. And I feel like they're on a roll as far as like their their television. Their television consistently hits. And that's why like I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago when the when I said NXT was better, it was because AEW was down by their own standard and they're setting a high standard. So it's their fault. But they did a good job of meeting meeting their standard on this show. The main event was great. The post-match angle was was excellent. I just felt so much excitement knowing that the Forbidden Door is possibly open. We'll get through notes from Dave Meltzer on what his notes on uh, the working relationship between AEW and New Japan. But what do you guys think of a whole wrestling alliance between AEW and considering the fact last night on Dynamite they had superstars from New Japan Pro Wrestling? Impact Wrestling, NWA, and AAA. What would you think of like a whole wrestling alliance where these these companies come together and have a pay per view? And what would be your main event if it if it's not even all the companies I just named? Talking about the particular two with AEW and New Japan, or even throwing an Impact Wrestling in there. What would be your main event? I'll let it marinate for you. I'll throw out a little bit of possibilities that, you know, I haven't seen a lot of people name, but uh, I don't know about main event, but this is a match I would love to see. Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki. I just, I just feel like that would be so much fun. That would just be brutal. It'd be hard-hitting. I just would love to see it. Um, Someone's going to die. Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. That's the base for it. Someone's gonna die. I was just um, thinking since um lost last night though. Well, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that yeah. was a that was a down note. That was that battle royal was another one was a, a little bit of a clusterfuck. Like the like I, I, I told you, it was all over the place. So you know. Well, well, let's <laughs> talk about this for a second too. New Japan Kota Ibushi is the double champion right now. Correct. Yes, my so, boy. So, in a way, well, first and foremost, the, the, you, you're all exactly right that this is how you create the Marvel Cinematic Universe of <laughs> wrestling. Right. You know, yeah. Marvel's not competing with DC. They're mm -hmm. their own thing. They're like, hey, we're pro wrestling. We're bringing everyone together. Uh, so, what is a greater story in wrestling right now with your top champions than Kota Ibushi? as the double strap champion of New Japan, who finally is getting his thing after his good friend Kenny Omega started and jumped ship to mm -hmm. AEW. Mm -hmm. Now 
he's coming back as the cleaner and he's coming back as what he used to be. Mm -hmm. Kota Ibushi is finally hitting that place. What is a better main event than Kota Ibushi? What is a bigger money match than Kenny Omega going one-on-one with not just one, but three titles on the line? The dual strap and the AEW championship. And, you know, if Kenny Omega wants to go and pick up other titles on the way, so be it. Basically, all of the titles versus the biggest title in Japan and it arguably one of the most prestigious titles. That's your main event for whatever your big pay-per-view is going to be. It's a, it's a match we've talked about quite often on this podcast since Winter is Coming when Omega won the AEW world title, started the whole belt collector uh, gimmick. Chrissy Love, what's your main event for this super show? I was going to say Abushi. Um, I'm going to throw in Darby Allen. I'm going to also throw in, um, I want to see, I have two, I have a woman and I have a men's one. So for the men's, I have Abushi, Darby, and I have, I want to say, I think Arnton, I want to say I would like to put in, hmm. From the inner circle, I will put in MJF. So Darby, MJF, and Koto Ibushi. Correct. That's an interesting mix. That's I like that. Cool. That's that's one I wouldn't have thought of. All right, I, I, like, I like it. So and I, for the ladies, oh yeah, I will put Thunder Rosa, Bianca, and. Well, Bianca can't be in it because WWE. Oh, yes, can't that's right. They can't <laughs> she could be in whatever we want her to. She can go where <laughs> yeah, yeah, she yeah, wants you... and do what she wants. You can put on your fantasy, your fantasy booking hat, but you know, <laughs> it's not gonna have. Okay, then no worries. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I know, I know. This is this is a Bianca, a, a pro Bianca show, but she's yeah, not in any of the company. Yeah, it's okay. Never mind. To answer John's question, the one match that will be bigger than Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega, and that would be huge, especially with all the titles on the line, their whole story, the Golden Lovers, we talked about it so many times on the show. There's one match that is bigger. Drunk Uncle Dave. Yes, Dud. Dave Meltzer. He he did bring this up, so I have to give him credit. On Wrestling Observer Radio, the one match that there is bigger is on U.S. soil. Kenny Omega versus Kazuka Okada. Mm-hmm. To have it on U.S. soil, to bring it upon eyes that haven't seen it before, that haven't been exposed to it before, and I am one that will admit, and there will be many that will admit the same thing, when the G1 Supercard was announced in the summer of 2018. The reason I got a ticket is because I believe the main event was going to be Omega Okada 5. So I know people will buy a ticket literally to see this match, especially if it's announced ahead of time. So they are in a situation where they're bringing fans back into there. But just talking about pay-per-view buy rates alone, I think it will draw a lot of eyes. It will set the record for AEW. And it may be the biggest buy rate 
of anything of anything except for like WWE buy rates. I think that it would do huge numbers and that which that would be your main event. What do you think, John? I see you making faces. Yeah, that's a tough one because I got YouTube and I got New Japan World. You know, like that's a that's a tough one. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to bury that or anything. It's just we've had such good matches before with them. You know, I mean, when you're talking about creating this new universe where there's this collaboration, right? I get that we could have Okada and Omega on U.S. soil, and sure, it will sell tickets. But the overarching message that you're selling here is something that you've talked on being the elite about, something that you've talked in New Japan about, something that you've talked in AEW about, because they brought up Kota Ibushi in all of those things. They brought up that relationship with all of them. Kenny Omega brings up all of them. He doesn't bring up that match with Okada all the time, or the second match, or the third match, or the fourth match. I mean, they're great matches. They deserve all of the accolades they have. But again... I can go back and watch them. And it's not like there's been 10 years of time in between. Like, if Rock and Stone Cold came out and had another match now, I'd my mind would be blown. Because it's been how much time between them. <laughs> Regardless if the match would be great or not, the point is, uh, Brock Lesnar and Undertaker fought in 2002 and had some brutal knockdown, dragout fights, right? Then all of a sudden, 10, 12 however many years later, they have a completely different style of match, and you're like, those were just as crazy. That was cool. So for me, there hasn't been that much time that's passed. When you said Dave Meltzer, I was like, are you saying Dave Meltzer's gonna get in the ring? Because I would buy a <laughs> ticket for that. Have Meltzer take a Meltzer driver. Oh my god. <laughs> it would be poetic. But, no, I, I don't know. I think the Ibushi story and the Omega story isn't one that's hit its finale yet. And if you're a wrestling fan, that's a trajectory. If mm -hmm. you're a wrestling fan, you're like, that is like storytelling gold. That's storytelling going from years ago through different companies that they've never really fought at that capacity to now. Like, you could make this whole thing, oh, we've had joke matches where we've done this and you can kind of nudge, you know, some other... Uh, the podcast peoples, uh, you can go ahead and say, we've had these blowout matches and tag team action together. And you could build this whole story. I don't think you can get that from Okada and Omega yet. A couple years later? Yeah, but not now. I think you can because people said, people, the only time I remember people telling Okada and Omega they can't was after the first Okada and Omega where they said, you can't have as great of a match as you did the at in the Tokyo Dome. And they did it. People, people, a few people, a few, a few skeptics said they couldn't do it again the third time. No one said that the fourth time. So I'm not going to say it if they want to do it the first time in front of the U.S. I think it's a different type of atmosphere. I think it's a different type of audience. And I know with Kenny Omega, he's going to give a different type of match. So I have faith that they will give us something different. And they have all that history in New Japan that they can bring over here and tell the story to the U.S. the US market on the mainstream on TNT as well. So Chrissy Love, what's your thoughts? Do you think that we're going to see more crossover between AEW and New Japan moving forward? And if so, who is the one person from New Japan you want to see on AEW? 
Um, definitely, if they can get over here and get clearance and <laughs> with this whole like pandemic that we're supposedly still in right now, um, um, definitely, I see more of them coming over slowly but surely. Um, I definitely want to see Abushi come over. Um, but um, yeah, we we've already just started the wheels and this whole like uh, since Kenta's came and like he's a part of like the Bullet Club. Like this is all like a whole like. More, hopefully, more Bullet Club people will come. I'm excited, you know. <laughs> you know, I love them, so I'm. I, I can't wait to see them. I, I, this is exciting. So, so one thing we haven't mentioned with the Forbidden Door, which Chrissy brought up, great segue, is the Bullet Club, and mm. we've been seeing Tamatanga a lot. He hasn't been very yeah. happy with the Bullet Club reunion on his social media. We saw mm. Jay White return this week on the road to new beginning mm -hmm. uh shutting down all the rumors about him going to wwe or going to aew wherever he was going he also confirmed uh dave Meltzer's report that he signed a seven-year deal back in 2018 so we have a couple of more years of the switchblade in new japan but he cut a vicious promo once again he's another one it it it, it i'm saying right now edge jay white Edge and Jay White are very close for promo of the year right now. We're on really? in February. Promo of the year is Edge and Jay White right now. But Jay White cut another one talking about a cheap ripoff Bullet Club having fake reunions on television and that he is a part of the real Bullet Club with Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, the Gorillas of Destiny. So we see Kenta cross the line, show up on AEW. He helps Kenny Omega. We saw a backstage segment on their social media with Kenta saying to go fuck himself to, to Kenny when Kenny tried to uh, talk to him backstage. So we see that the battle lines have kind of been drawn, but now we see some type of crossover. How about Bullet Club versus Bullet Club, blood and guts? What do you think mm -hmm. about that? dream match john Ooh, i would love to see that and they're building the story so well like you said kenny is just like mm -hmm. hey mm -hmm. bullet club what's up dude and he's like go fuck yourself i'm here for john yeah. moxley that is so perfect and remember yeah Kento wasn't in the bullet club with kenny omega he was yeah. in the new bullet club so if you take it into storyline oh okay yeah jay white and tamatanga have been talking that shit totally cool I'm totally about that. Um, I would love to see a blood and guts for it. And you could even, if you wanted to fantasy book off of the Ibushi Omega match, that's how you close out, let's say, the AEW pay-per-view that that closes out, right? Let's say Kenny Omega has to win that because he's on U.S. soil, let's say. Cool. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, they do the WWE thing where they throw up that little graphic at the bottom. They're like, good night, everybody. At Tama Tonga and them do the whole firing squad thing. They come out. They basically just lay waste to AEW, and they're just like, you had to make this company off of our blood. Now we're going to spill that blood. And it goes, and then you're off to the races with it, and Jay White is at the forefront of that. I think mm -hmm. it's a great, I think it would be great, and that's how you could build the blood and guts. Okay, you spilled our blood, top match in AEW, like Helena Cell is in WWE comparatively, blood and guts. And that's how you build that back in, instead of just being like, join us January 25th for a cage match. You're like, all right. So I think it's I think it's great. I think it's gonna happen. And I think there are a lot of seeds and roots that are planted to make it just the most successful thing. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jay White's doing great work. And I think that we have a great story, especially with if it's Omega leading this American Bullet Club of America and Jay White leading the Bullet Club of uh, New Japan. Uh, you have the history of Jay White has defeated Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega has never defeated Jay White. So that's <laughs> in itself. Like and the whole journey of Switchblade kind of started when he rejected Kenny Omega's invitation into the Bullet Club, and then he turned around uh, 10 months later and joined the Bullet Club as the leader. So <laughs> great storytelling, and there's a lot for them to go through there. So that's not the only thing that we missed, of course, this past Sunday. WWE Royal Rumble 2021, one of the biggest shows of the year for WWE. And there was a lot to unpack from these shows as far as what happened on the shows and news falling out of it. So first of all, we will start with the main event. We had Edge going from number one spot, which was announced on WWE Backstage on Saturday before the show, to win the Men's Royal Rumble match, which also featured the return of his former tag team partner and best friend, Captain Charisma, Christian. Great, great moment right there. But Edge pulling out the endurance after being off, being on the shelf for over eight months and coming from number one to win the Royal Rumble. He went 60 minutes, according to WWE records, probably like 58, but we'll uh, go by WWE records. 60, 60 minutes, 32 seconds, uh, one of the longest times in the Royal Rumble. And he becomes the third man to go from the number one spot to win the match. Edge comes back to a full-time schedule. Uh, apparently he's, he's actually said publicly that he's not here to, you know, appear one week and then be off for eight weeks. He, if he's going to be main eventing WrestleMania, he's going to be here every single week. And Dave Meltzer reports that he will face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So what was your guys thoughts on Edge winning the Royal Rumble? And what would you like, would you like to see Edge versus Roman Reigns battle of the spears at WrestleMania? We will go to you first, Miss Chrissy Love. I, I, I hear you. First of all, when we did our predictions, I did not say personally, I would have picked more of a younger blood of person to win, but I'm happy that he won. Kudos, yes, but. If we are going to do, like, I don't know. I just wouldn't have picked Edge to win. Sorry. It is what it is. Um, I'm happy that he's going to be on the show week week after week if he's going to go to WrestleMania. Him versus Roman, I, I, don't, I don't see it on paper yet. I don't, I don't get it. May Spear versus Spear, okay, yeah. I don't see the... I, it has to be something bigger for the... T- I, I got to see the story. I got I to gotta understand, like how the buildup is going to be. If he's going to go against the tribal chief, I want to understand why he wants to be against the tribal chief. Like, what is, what are you trying to prove? Like, what is the purpose of you picking me? I, I mean, I don't see, I don't know. I have to see what the buildup is going to be like. I'm not excited for it yet. Put it like that. Well, I'll, I'll just create a scenario here. Okay, you do it, friend. I love to put on my fantasy booking hat. Okay. Oh, yeah. You have Edge. He's appearing on SmackDown this week. We, we, we. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will be there. I'm pulling the curtain, folks. 
Yes, we're filming this on a Thursday. This is going to drop on a Saturday. So you'll know what happens on SmackDown before I do, but I'm creating this scenario for you. Edge okay. comes out. He says he hasn't decided yet who he's going to verse at, uh, at, at WrestleMania. Like he did with Drew McIntyre on Raw, he warned him. He warned him he's playing a dangerous game. And we'll talk about what happened to Drew because Edge said that. But you can do the same thing with Roman Reigns. You can be like, you're playing a dangerous game. You're, you're, you're playing with your family for your own good, for your own benefit. And then Roman can throw that right back at, at, uh, at Edge and bring up Christian. You're, 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 you're using your family. He's, mm. coming back. He's coming back because he wants to be like you. Because mm. he wants to follow, follow in your footsteps. You made a miraculous uh, comeback. So he had to make one too. And mm. you're going to put him in harm's way. And then later on in the night, Roman and Jay, they attack Christian backstage. They lay him out. Edge finds him. And that gives Edge the motivation and the reason to pick Roman Reigns to verse him at WrestleMania. Okay, that's just one day, though. Let's do you, can, you can build it. That's a narrative that you can start <laughs> off with, and you can build the narrative. Christian could be off okay. a couple of weeks, and you can get through a couple of weeks of the forces of the two Canadians, Edge and Kevin Owens, versus, mm. the, versus the bloodline of Jay Uso and Roman. Okay, and I just get when, it. And just when Edge and uh, Edge and Kevin Owens look like they're getting the upper end, who comes back? Jimmy Uso and now the bloodline have a three on two advantage and they're taking down uh, Kevin Owens and Edge who are trying to team up together a couple of weeks later. It's a tag team match. It's a whole blob Uso's versus Kevin Owens and Edge. And then who comes back? Christian. Christian. Now you got a whole six people that you can build your way to WrestleMania over the next two and a half months. Okay, I just I did your work for you, WWE, if you're watching. <laughs> But you know they're gonna do some crazy foolishness, so you know we'll see. But I, I like the scenario. Let's see what happens. Let's go. Okay. You gotta have faith with Roman Reigns. We've been seeing good oh, stuff from him. I got lots of faith in Roman. I'm just I don't know what. He's been the best thing about 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 WWE over the last couple of months. So John. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Edge winning the Royal Rumble, doing this this endurance record, being the Iron Man, going from number one to win the whole thing, and then the potential Edge versus Roman WrestleMania match? I gotta say real quick, I feel bad for Christian in your booking because he just went from being a legend, getting the shit kicked out of him by Orton, that he's gonna be going into another feud in your book and getting the shit kicked out of him by Roman Reigns. Basically, he's just like, that. that's the underlying theme. Christian comes back to get the shit kicked out of him to then propel another feud. But, like... It's it's crazy, man. I didn't want Edge to win. Not not like I was vehemently against it, but I was like, okay, cool. Like he's won. Okay, what do you do? Um, the two scenarios. Okay, let's say he goes against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is going to beat him uh, because they're going to basically put the title on Roman Reigns until he can drop it to either I don't know, The Rock. Like that's the match. That's the match they're going to try to do. They and. You don't have to take it off Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns no. is doing great work. He can yeah. literally just keep saying, I'm putting this company on my shoulders. That could be his whole story. And you get pissed, take the title off of him, and no one can because he's the best thing going right now. Right, right. And then you can put him against Drew McIntyre, and the money spot's going to be Edge going for a spear and him getting Claymore square in the face. Like, that's mm. going to be... the. So if you go either of those rows, 
that's what it's going to be. But I do see that if no one loses their championship before WrestleMania, mm -hmm. then it's probably going to be Roman Reigns. It's, mm -hmm. But whoever Edge fights is going to beat him. Like, Ed, Edge is not winning the championship at WrestleMania, nor should he. There's no way. And he's not challenging at TakeOver anybody <laughs> for the championship. Let's just get that right out of the way now. Again, talked about it at the top of the hour here. Great spot would totally be a coup de grace into a spear. That's dangerous, and it's not yeah. going to happen. Because this whole story with Edge is he's coming back to prove something. And he's like, yep. I love NXT, but I'm coming back to prove something. I'm going to go to TakeOver. No, that's not what you're doing. You're going to WrestleMania. Like, that's... Yep. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's really cool that he won. But I think he's going to lose whatever effort comes next. Mm. Well, apparently, according to Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, that, uh, yes, uh, Edge, <laughs> <laughs> Edge, Edge apparently came up with the idea to win the Royal Rumble. Mm. Uh, he basically saw that WWE really didn't have a plan. They, he heard the plans like Goldberg and, and Roman. Then he saw Goldberg was versing Drew. So he knew that they didn't have anybody to really verse Roman. So he said he did He did the old Bob Holly. Like, hey, well, I got a plan. <laughs> what, if, what, if I, what if I win the Royal Rumble? So, so he did that and... and he went for it, and he also in this plan is he wins the Raw Rumble and then goes on to win the the title at WrestleMania to 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 complete his redemption story of getting back the title that he never lost. One thing I gotta say real quick too, I don't know if you all know, but I'm a big Funko fan, like a big Funko collector of the, uh, the wrestling kind. Ah, uh, so hell yeah, you know what's up <laughs> now. I went ahead and did the whole pre-order. All the new ones they got coming out. The one they didn't have a pre-order of was Edge yet. All right, cool. You know what these fucking people did? They went ahead. They held the pre-order until After. Edge won the Royal Rumble. And then guess what shows up on my Amazon? You know what you might like? This Edge this Edge <laughs> Funko. And I'm like, you know what? That's scummy. But you're damn right. Order. <laughs> he <laughs> said, in my car. That was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they study our algorithms. I'm telling. Yep. You, I'm telling you, they do. They do their work. But the other note from uh, the men's Royal Rumble, like I said, was the return of Captain Charisma, Christian. So, what what are your guys' thoughts? The PW Insider reports that Christian is back on a part time deal. What is the one match you want to see? If if it's if it's one more match for every couple of months. <laughs> Uh, Christian, who would you like to see Christian go against on the WWE roster the most right now? I will start with you, Miss Chrissy Love. So, I'm just going to say when Christian was like at the heat and was like at the height of everything, like not when he was with Edge, I had checked out of WWE at that time. So I missed most of that stuff. So I missed most of this. So I've half gone back to watch most of those matches, but I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. Um, but um, for him, um, I wouldn't mind him going against like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. Mm, I like I like Sami Zayn. I think that I, would I, be I, I'm match. loving Sami Zayn right now too. I think it's so great and like. It's so sad that he's such a good wrestler that they had to put him like in this comedy type deal. Maybe it's his going, but 
I think what he's doing right now, saying you know, like he he has the like the picket sign and the and, you know the documentary happening. I think is a good gimmick if they just push it and give him like good strong matches. I think it can go like really really far. But I would love to see him against like Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, his fellow his fellow you know peeps. You know, <laughs> I like it. Good suggestion right there, John. Carrion Cross, and here's why: because oh, wow. because first off. I am not the biggest Christian fan. I am a big Karrion Cross fan. So already that's kind of built in. Karrion Cross can just kind of take him out. That's cool. But you want to use Christian really well. What you do is you do kind of what you said before. Like he's coming back with Edge. And they're going to kind of in their own ways individually do this thing where, okay, they're making the rounds. Yeah, they're shaking hands. They're kissing babies. They're doing all that, right? Christian then goes down to check out NXT. He's like, man, <clears throat> Edge was here. This is awesome. We all know, as we've talked about, you know, he's not going to challenge. Like, I'm not going to reiterate that anymore. But Christian comes down and he's like, oh, man, nice to see you, Finn. All that kind of stuff. And Carrion's just like, oh, I had a conversation with your boy last time. And Christian's just like, you better not say anything mean to him because you put him against Edge. And it's just like an unfair comparison. And Christian's just <laughs> like, he's like, you better watch what you say. And then it's just three weeks of Carrion Cross just like, you know, throwing him through whatever, putting, it's giving him the worst time. The one thing I will give Christian that Christian is great at is garnering sympathy with the Absolutely. crowd. So what you do is you have him get the one up the week before a takeover, for example, because Christian's still got stock. Um, so what you do is you have a match for them at takeover and Karrion Cross is like, if I can't get to edge, I'm going to get to you. Uh, by the way, this is part of the segue that you get carrying across to the main roster because he needs to be up there. He's a money man. Um, yeah. You you have them go. Christian's going to be like, Edge is busy. I'm going to take care of you. They have the match. He doesn't take care of him. Carrying Cross just puts him to sleep. That's all it is. And it's going to be a really ghastly moment because Carrion mm -hmm. Cross is going to put the straight jacket choke on the guy who sells the best out of anybody. He's mm -hmm. the one who sells all of the things the best. Um, so Karrion Cross will come out of that looking just like a monster. And then he can try to go to the main roster to find Edge. And it's like, Edge isn't here. He lost. But guess who else is there? Drew McIntyre. And mm -hmm. you start that story. That would be that would be good stuff, but you came for selfish reasons. You're, you're <laughs> just trying to put over Karrion Cross or <laughs> Over our poor defenseless Christian. Um, I am a huge Christian fan from his tag team days to, uh, to as a single star. I felt like he had a lot of stock in him as a main eventer, potentially in 2005 before he went over to TNA and became that main eventer NWA world champion. That was when I really got invested into TNA was when Christian made that, that jump over there, had a good run over there with the, uh, his team with Tyson Tomko, as well as AJ Styles. So I want Christian to have a good run this time around with WWE. He had his run uh, with ECW and becoming world champion, but I feel like the time he was most important was in that time in TNA, and I want to see a little bit of that. So if he has a part-time schedule, that means to me they're going to treat him better because they treat everybody with part-time schedules better than our full-timers. So I think <laughs> they see stock in him as a star, but... Tag team-wise, I want to see Edge and Christian uh, versus the Usos. I think that's going to be, that's gonna be so much fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that 
Edging Christian against the young guys, yeah. Edging Christian versus the New Day potentially would be a whole lot of fun as well. Um, Edging Christian versus the Undisputed Era. There's there's so much with Edging Christian that I would just love mm-hmm. to see. But Christian by himself, I really would love to see uh, Big E because of the whole story that his oh, oh, yeah. was supposed to be against Big E, but he couldn't, uh, you know, make concussion protocol. I think there's a lot of story there. Big E being the Intercontinental Champion right now, Christian being a former Intercontinental Champion. So I think it's a full circle type of story that would work. But that wasn't the only Raw Rumble stuff on this show. Of course, we had the Women's Raw Rumble with Bianca Belair winning from the number three spot, last eliminating Rhea Ripley. Uh, she set a record for match time in the Women's Raw Rumble at over 56 minutes. So what did you guys think of Bianca Belair's performance? And who do you see her facing at WrestleMania? Let's start with you, John. Yeah, I was so happy that Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble. And there have been a lot of people online who have said, oh, well, like the final three, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca, could have been all of them. I I tend to disagree with that only because Charlotte, I mean, Charlotte could have won. But you can really, you have a story built in with Charlotte and Asuka, where if she's not going to be on the main card, she could just go, hey, I beat you once, let's try it again, and Mm -hmm. they're going to have a killer match. Um, But even if not, whatever Charlotte is involved in, it's going to be big. Uh, Rhea Ripley, I feel like, has been more in the putting people over role since WrestleMania, which Mm -hmm. is fine. Doesn't mean that's bad for her, but she's... You know, they haven't really built a story around her. And yep. Bianca Belair calls herself the EST. And every night she shows that she is. Whether she's in a match, whether they did what most fans don't like. And they did that little thing with Bailey, where she runs around the ring, the obstacle course. She She's the only person who's done one of those obstacle course things. And it was awesome. Because she's yes. the best at everything. Yes. And you're just like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm not just saying the Otis spot. I'm saying she looked athletic. She looked... Awesome. She looks she's, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great on the mic. She does all of this. And the money match is going to be her and Sasha Banks. Now, I'm not a big, I'm, I'm personally not the biggest Sasha Banks fan because mm-hmm. of her frog splash. Everything else is great. But <laughs> when it comes to the match that people are going to pay money for, Sasha Banks is still one of the top people in the company. She's still a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And she'll always be one of the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. And I think by way of putting Bianca with Sasha Banks, you're saying, okay, the era of the horsewomen brought us into the women's revolution. Now we are going to start showcasing after post-revolution. Yes. Here's what we have yeah. now. And Bianca yeah. Belair should be the flag bearer for years to come. It starts here. Mm. Yeah, I... I, I... Agree 100% with everything you just said because that really like told the story of what this Women's Royal Rumble kind of told us but <laughs> through, through the work of the great performers of the women's division. I really felt like this whole, the, the biggest takeaway, and I did the article for Sports Keto for biggest takeaways from Royal Rumble. The biggest takeaway was the ladies are taking over. Like, yeah. Over this entire show, half yep. the card was yep. dedicated to the women's division. You had the pre-show match, you had the second match on the show, and then you had this match in the middle. And in my opinion, this was one of the first years that the women's Royal Rumble was better than the men's Royal Rumble. And, and a lot of that had to do with the men's Royal Rumble wasn't bad. It was a good oh. Royal Rumble. 
it just felt like in the middle portion, mm-hmm. like until Christian came out, it was just a whole bunch of guys that either are mid carters or you made mid carters. Yes. Like yeah. when someone like Ricochet comes out, who you literally did a match where he lost to be in the Royal Rumble. And then he's in the Royal Rumble. How do you expect me to react, WWE? Like I just, I don't, I don't be understanding. And that was me. That was me. I was so confused. I was like, wait, I could. I thought the other day he lost, so he couldn't be in it. So I was like, why are you here, sir? And it's not. And I felt bad because it's Ricochet. And Ricochet, you shouldn't even say those things at all. Yeah. So I was like. It, yeah, I, I I totally agree with everything you're saying. I think I, I thought the women should have closed, but uh, continue on your thoughts. Agreed. I'm sorry, it's not my I, time. I, I I agree with you, but I I I know they're trying to put the stamp that Edge is the the big mega returning star for <laughs> WrestleMania season. So I understand their move to put that in the main event, have that be the final shot. But what I think of the Royal Rumble, I think of a match that makes a new star. I think of Austin in '98. I, I think of I think of Shawn Michaels in 1995. I you know to a to a lesser extent I'll think of Shinsuke Nakamura in 2018. Mm. But this matchup was uh, the women's matchup was the first time in the world that they did that. But it had all the elements that you also expect from a mm-hmm. Rumble. They mm-hmm. had different narrative threads. You had the Billy Kay comedy section with the, oh. the with the headshot. <laughs> great. Living and Teddy Roddy. She was on point. She and it, it developed over time because she gave yes. it to just enough people. Then she had her little re, uh, union with with uh, Jillian Hall, which was a great return. Billy and Jilly. Then she had a reunion with uh, the Iconics. Which then uh, Ruby Riot came out, so she was conflicted. Do I go with the Iconics? Do I stay with the Riot Squad? Then she helped the Riot Squad eliminate Jillian Hall, and then she was eliminated by the Riot Squad. This put over Jillian Hall. I mean, uh, Billy Kay. Like yes. this, this was just smart booking, and it yes. did a great job of doing that. Then you had the Rhea Ripley dominant section where she's oh. throwing everybody over the top rope. Then you had that final three with Charlotte, Rhea. And Bianca, and the one thing that I do disagree, I think yes, it was three people that I could believably see winning because I know the WWE and I know how they feel about Charlotte Flair. Right. So yes, the yes, fact yes. that you had Bianca and Rhea eliminate uh, Charlotte—that was such a smart move based on what happened last year with that whole mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. And, and the fact that Charlotte was the one person that the fans would be upset with winning. You then had two competitors who both who the fans would not be mad at. There sure. might be. Some people that are big fans of Bianca, some people are big fans of Rhea who would get upset at the opposite, but no fan outrage like there would with Charlotte Flair. So this worked as a final two, and it gave us one of the best final twos that I've seen in a women's role. So that was the real highlight. Um, so I really, I really did enjoy the women's Royal Rumble. It made a star, put over a couple of new people, so it was good stuff. But you guys got to answer... Who do you see Bianca versus... Well, no, I got to answer, actually. I got to answer, who do I see uh, Bianca versing at WrestleMania? I agree with John. I think, I, I think Chrissy Love, you said the same thing. It's got to be Sasha Banks. I mean, that... Busy. 
<laughs> that type of matchup, it's just like it, it writes itself. And they've already established them being tag team partners. Mm-hmm. You have the drawing in comparison between the two. So it's just it's perfect. I mm-hmm. honestly hope they let them main event one of the nights of WrestleMania. What do y'all yeah. think? Yes, absolutely. I totally, totally agree with you. Absolutely. They must. It, it, it has to be. Let the men do one night and then the girls do one night. It got to be, if it's two nights, one and one. Got to be one and one. Got absolutely. To. It has to be. If you're doing it, you're doing a disservice to your people. Sorry. Yeah. There's, <laughs> and there's so much to it, too, right? right? Sasha Banks is, this is Sasha Banks' story. Sasha mm-hmm. Banks is the last horsewoman to really get that shine. And she's yes. doing strides and everything. Yes. Right? And people often talk about because their uh, their gimmicks are kind of similar, uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. But to me, honestly, I think Bianca Belair is such a such an advanced competitor, such an advanced athlete. You can build the story in, like we were talking about earlier. Like this is what happens after the evolution, where mm-hmm. Bianca's whole story could be: Look, no disrespect, you're great, but I am the better version of you. I'm what you try to be. And it's literally Sasha Banks starts like because Sasha Banks would kind of have to take the uh, the tweener role there, mm-hmm. which she's yeah. great at. But it would be that whole thing of like going up to WrestleMania. She's just getting more angry and more angry and getting more jealous and more jealous. And at the end of the day, she cannot overcome Bianca Belair. And then she raises Bianca Belair's hand in victory. And it's kind of like a modern passing of the torch as opposed to being like, okay, cool. This person's been around for like 15 years and they pass the torch. I think this is a really modern, unique way to do it with two competitors that it's just like, yeah, here's what we were. Now here's what we are. Mm -hmm. And what we are is just an amazing future. And I agree. It should headline. I'd, I'd even go further. It should headline the main night, whichever one they feel like is the main night. This Mm -hmm. needs to be the main event of that hundred percent. And you know what? Do it up. Have Snoop Dogg help her come down to the ring too, hundred percent. Like, do it up, make it feel like Sasha Banks <laughs> is going Yes, I agree. I agree. Like, they're gonna have fans in attendance for the first time, so you're you're right. You might as well do it up. You you also had at the Royal Rumble Roman Reigns defeating Kevin Owens in a last man standing match to defend the WWE Universal Championship match. Great match, convoluted. Convoluted finish, yes, to the ending. What was your thoughts on the handcuff botch from Chrissy Love? It, it, it's, it's so sad because the match was great. It, 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 again, those two guys, I think it kind of messed up the like the goodness that the match was having. It kind of like, like it, it like it drooped down really like like fast. Like it just lost the momentum. And I think they knew that they were losing. and They were just trying to like hurry. And, and they, they you could see that like you can't show the panic face. You know what I'm saying? You can't show like oh fuck like this is not supposed to be happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's what they showed, and they showed it to us. And that's why we I felt like the ending got botched up a lot but i still think it was a good great last man standing match i agree with you great spots the the forklift swanton bomb jod yes i have a very important question for you oh boy who got hit with the golf cart better kevin owens at the royal rumble 2021 or sammy Guevara last year in aew oh man i think i think sammy Guevara took the hit better 
I think Sammy Guevara bounced off that thing. Kevin Owens just kind of like, and no disrespect, Kevin Owens kind of clumsily, gravity kind of took him, did something with him. You mm-hmm. know, I think it, it was good, but Sammy Guevara did it better. Got to give it up for, for Sammy, for sure. So, And then the final notes from the Royal Rumble was Drew McIntyre defeating Goldberg to successfully defend the WWE Championship match in another very quick matchup, but at least it was fun while it lasted. And Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeated Charlotte Flair and Asuka to win the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Uh, I have a, a, a final question about the Royal Rumble to you, to you John. Your thoughts on the Lacey Evans and Ric Flair storyline? <laughs> I am a big Lacey Evans fan. Mm, I well, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Here, here's my thing when it comes to wrestling. Because <laughs> it is depicted in, de- in a fantasy environment, I am way more willing to let a lot of things go. Like, if this was actually happening in the real world... I would be very crass at this. But <laughs> because this is happening in WWE, I'm like, I know what you're doing. Like, she's playing the part really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the Ric Flair becoming, over the last couple of years, the number one, the guy who cries a lot, and number two, the crotchety old guy who goes after all the young women, I think that's a little creepy. But <laughs> Lacey Evans is doing a bang-up job. I thought that was great how she came out in, not Charlotte's robe, I don't think, but Ric Flair's robe. Yeah, it was Ric Flair's robe, yeah. That was a nice little touch there. I thought that was, yeah, it was perfect. And you know what? I think that this feud does feel like something. Mm -hmm. You know, it does feel, it doesn't feel big, but it feels like something that she could sink her teeth into. It feels like something that is worth Charlotte's time to Mm -hmm. invest into. And um, yeah, I I think it's cool. I think they're doing good work with it. Uh, please make this as far as it goes. No further than this, please. Because then we're going to have some problems. But You don't want a hotel scene or anything, love? Oh, no. <laughs> I, could do, I could do without that. All right. So, yes, that is all we had from the Raw Rumble, all the fallout and everything else. Leave us a comment in the comment section below what you thought about the Raw Rumble. Of course, what you thought about AEW and New Japan. I'll have another note on that going further on the news rundown. But our special guest, John, here has to run. Please, thank you for joining us. Please come back on the show. We welcome you back here. A lot of fun chatting about wrestling, hearing about what's going on with you. Please tell the people where they can find you on social media, what you got coming up, anything else you want to promote. Of course, yeah. Thank you guys for having me for the second time. It is always a privilege sitting down with y'all, talking wrestling, and talking not just about WWE, talking about everything, because that's what we're here for. <laughs> wrestling is not just one company now. It is uh, in a, it is so many companies and so wide. Uh, for myself, you could find me basically anywhere Twitter, Facegram, Facegram, whatever that is. You know <laughs> what I mean. At John Kiernan Music. You could find me on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Search just my name, John Kiernan, K I E R N A N. You'll hear some awesome music. And if you're a wrestler that needs a theme, please feel free to shoot me an email. Go ahead, hit me up on there, John Kiernan Music at gmail.com, and we will get something set up. For you, got a lot of really cool themes coming. Got a lot of really cool opportunities. So, definitely, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'll obviously let you guys know, let the fans know, and let everybody know. So, 
once again, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Always a great guest when you're on with us. So definitely come back in the future and stay safe out there, brother. You too, yep. my guys. Take it easy. Take Bye. It so yes, we once again, we thank John for joining us. We have two other things that we missed during the week. Miss Chrissy Love. We had Edge on Monday Night Raw. Make his Monday Night Raw return, in-ring return, going one-on-one -on -one with his longtime rival, Randy Orton in a build one last time matchup. Thanks to a distraction from Alexa Bliss, Edge got the victory. What was your thoughts on this match being made for Monday Night Raw this week? Build as one last time and that ending with Alexa Bliss with what I like to call chocolate milk or black slime running out of her mouth. <laughs> I don't believe this is one last time. I don't. I'm not buying it. But whatever. We'll we'll take it for now. Supposedly. Um, well, we have to have somebody, you know, get you know Randy Orton distracted. So you know he had to fight someone. Had to be Edge. And you know that whole thing of feud have to go keep going on and on. We have to keep seeing what's going to happen or how they're going to bring the Fiend back or whatever. We got to see this. So um, I do not believe that this is their last time. I mean, I would hope not, because <laughs> if it was the one last time, the fact that this is a match WWE thought was going to main event WrestleMania as an I Quit match for the WWE Championship just two months ago, and yeah. now it just gets thrown out there on a Monday Night Raw, not even announced at the top of the show, not even announced on their social media. He literally was a was a Randy Orton promo, and then they come back to the announcers, and they're like, Edge versus Orton one last time. Like, what? Don't you hate that, though? Like, I, I feel like it's, it's like they're just surprised as we are. They, it's like they just got the information just as fast as we did. Like, or like delivering it to us. You didn't want to tell me like like beforehand, and then you you add in the fact that you know you had the Alexa Bliss distraction. I'm sorry, like I understand that's his storyline, that's his main feud right now. But the Edge and Orton story has been so real and driven in yes. reality so much. You need Alexa Bliss. Exactly. You didn't have to have Alexa Bliss there. Edge should have got the victory on his own. And then after the match, do whatever you want to do with Orton with and, yeah. and, and Alexa. It just it felt disjointed. That's why I said it's not that's not gonna be the last time. They gotta go against each other like a, a more cleaner version of it. I don't know, but who knows? They always kind of themselves, so it's not gonna be the last one. You're your problem. <laughs> You're probably right, unfortunately. But we talked about earlier in the show that Edge also showed up and warned Drew McIntyre. He said that he's playing a dangerous game and he needs to be careful. And then Edge, I mean, uh, then our WWE champion Drew McIntyre turned and he ran into his former best friend Sheamus, who turned on Drew McIntyre, giving him the bro kick and saying that he wants to go after the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre later in the night said that he will fight Sheamus for the WWE Championship. What was your thoughts on another thing just thrown out there on this episode? I will say, though, this episode was much better than other weeks. I mean, although, 
although I'm going to complain about them just randomly throwing Edge and Orton out there and just yep. randomly having Sheamus turn here after mm-hmm. building it up for two months. Yep. This was a lot better show. I felt like I had actually seen something noteworthy after, <laughs> after investing three hours. So at least there was that with this episode of Raw. But mm-hmm. what was your thoughts on the Sheamus turn? Like you said, uh, you've been building on this. I, I didn't think it was... They probably could have did it one more week, maybe, or so. But, it, I, I mean, I'm not mad at it. You know, like, okay, he's going to turn heel now. Okay, so what is he now going to do to Drew? Okay, let's see what happens. Because now, you know, of course, like, Keith Lee is not is in the, you know, the background. And he's not there right now. So, I guess they can put more shine on Sheamus and Drew. And let's see what ha- happens, per se. Just don't throw him in the, like, don't put him on SmackDown like you did the other week and just throw him out there to be, you know, tag teaming with other people for nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to do it right, let's do the, the, do the hill turn the right way. Yeah. You got to go, you got to go all in, as we always say. You got to go all the way with this type of stuff. And then the final note that I got from Monday Night Raw is Lana and Naomi won the number one contendership for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles in a three way. Against Asuka and Charlotte, as well as Dana Brooke and Mandy Rhodes. What was your thoughts on Lana and Naomi becoming the number one contenders and their returns at the women's in the women's Royal Rumble? Um, I thought both Lana and Naomi did great at the Royal Rumble. I am happy that Lana got her 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 vengeance <laughs> against Naya and Shane. <laughs> well, no. Did she she got it with Shayna too, right? No, just Naya. Naya, just Naya. Yeah. But I'm happy because well, Naya was more of the bullier to her anyway. Yeah. So yes, I'm happy that she finally got some shine. Naomi did great uh, at the Rumble, I feel like. And then it had like her and Bianca had a bunch of big spots too that were they were fighting each other a lot um during the Rumble. So I'm I was happy that they that they came back. Putting them in a tag team though, I didn't get it really, but the women's tag, there really isn't a women's tag division, but hey, it is what it is. I feel like they need to stop doing this and just give it to Ruby and, and, um, and, uh, give it to the Riot Squad. Like, let them shine a little bit. They are really, uh, uh what damn, why am I losing her damn name right now? Ruby and Liv. Thank you, Liv. Liv, Liv, Liv and Ruby are great. And let them shine as a tag team. Like let them do this. They can they can do so well as a tag team champion. I mean, they don't really give the girls much of uh, you know shine as the tag division anyway. But you know, hey, <laughs> gotta I mean, take a chance. Right. I don't see Lana and Naomi winning. But hey, go ahead, have fun. We'll do it. We'll see it. You'll see it on another. Sh- we'll probably see it on on. So they're on Raw then. Yes. I guess the girls are going to be doing this on Raw. Okay, great. Have fun. At least it pays <laughs> off the the amount of weeks they dedicated to the Lana goes through a table storyline. Yes, yes. So, I, that was a great, great ending for Lana to finally, even though she was like the last person at Survivor Series. Ugh. Um, but yes, you'll never forgive that, will you? I will never forgive it. No, I will not. Understandable. (laughs) Finally, Impact Wrestling had Moose pin Rich Swan. So that's the TNA Heavyweight Champion pinning the Impact Wrestling Champion in a tag team main event where it was Moose and Chris Bay versus Swan and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, The Good Brothers will versus the Beer Guns, which 
versus James Storm and Chris Sabin uh, for the Impact World Tag Team titles in, uh, for next week's edition of Impact Wrestling, which comes just days before No Surrender, where the Impact World Tag Team Champions will defend against AEW's private party. Mm. So that transitions us into our top news story, and our top news story has to do with one Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan was released from WWE this week, or the report came out. (laughs) So PW Insider reports that they have confirmed with WWE officials that Lars Sullivan is no longer employed by the company. The release marks the end of a troubled run in the company for Sullivan, roommate Dylan Miley. After signing with the company in 2013, Sullivan made his debut in May of 2017 on NXT. His run in NXT continued uh, until the next November when he was included in vignettes promoting his main roster debut. This is Mm -hmm. the same vignette that had uh, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, EC3, and Heaven Machinery. Yes, I remember that. Yes, 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 yes. However... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's funny. However, his planned debut in January of 2019 on Raw was cut after he reportedly had an anxiety attack and he did not debut on the main roster until the Raw after WrestleMania of that year when he attacked Kurt Angle following Angle's retirement the night before. Sullivan began attacking members of the Raw roster, but he was pulled from TV after several racist and homophobic remarks he made on an online bullying forum dating back to 2012 surfaced, including shots at the New Day's gimmick and more. Sullivan was fined $100,000 for the comments by the WWE and apologized for them. He then suffered a knee injury a month later that kept him out of action for all of 2019. Sullivan didn't return until October of 2020 when he attacked Jeff Hardy, Riddle, and The Miz. And the angle didn't go anywhere, and he disappeared from television again right after. Mm -hmm. Fightful Select has reported that they spoke with Sullivan, who confirmed and addressed his release. He said he was surprised WWE didn't announce the news themselves, but figured it was due to them being nice to him. Uh, He complimented uh, how his release was handled, noting it was done with compassion and honesty, and he kept reiterating that he was treated well by the WWE office and locker room, and he wasn't bullied. He added... He added that his anxiety issues uh, had become so bad that he wasn't able to eat on days he was set to appear on television. And he had trouble sleeping. He also lost his father last year, which added to his emotional problems. Sullivan said that he was his own worst enemy, though, and owned up to multiple issues that stopped him from succeeding in WWE. Mm. Which he said was his dream job, and he likely um, he said he said he likely wouldn't wrestle anymore, and called his past uh, actions idiocy and selfish behavior. And he added that he was grateful for his time in WWE. Mm. So, what are your thoughts on the release of Lars Sullivan and the fact WWE haven't made a formal announcement that Miss Chrissy Love? Um. 
I feel bad. Like, after you just told me all those things, he lost his dad, he's dealing with anxiety. It, it's a lot of, it's a lot to deal with. Like, he has to get himself together. He can't work unless he's, his whole self is 100%. And, it, and I guess I'm happy that he, you know, he said that they treated him well. They feel is, you know, there's, there's no bad feeling. So he understands what happened. So he's not, you know, it's no, it's no, I, I'm sure they did this just, you know, for him to like get himself together. And I'm sure if he gets, his, if, if he works on getting himself and everything that he needs in order, he probably will be able to come back. I think that this is something that they just is a, a health issue and something that he has to get himself together. And like he said, he's his own worst enemy. So he has to, he has to fight with these things and get the help that he needs in order to succeed. So I'm happy that, you know, he's, he's, he is releasing so that he can get that time so he can, you know, feel better and like, you know, do things and focus on the important things before you can, you know, be a performer. It's it's the right way to go about things mm -hmm. and you have to, you know, I think someone said it on the comment section when I did wrestling daily that Lars right now, he doesn't need a spotlight. He needs support. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's that's what's what's best for him right now because you know regardless of how you feel about what he said his homophobic and racist remarks and no. I don't like what he did I think that he's not a good person because that came from a real place mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't too no. fond of him as a performer he uh, <laughs> was kind of there he was a big guy he was gonna get pushed but his past came back to haunt him. Once so, I saw him, I see. I was like, "Oh, another big guy. Great. Okay. Like Vince loves big guys." <laughs> and and I made the point to also kind of kind of say like, you know, I'm not just picking on him because you know it's different with every wrestler and what they do out off the camera and not in the ring. So you know, with Chris Benoit, I loved him as a professional wrestler. Right. But what he did outside the ring, I can never forgive. Mm -hmm. So it becomes the, the the water becomes muddy. Of can you celebrate him as a performer without celebrating him as a man? With this situation, it's a lot different because yeah. I didn't really enjoy him as a wrestler. Right, right, right. And he sounds like an absolute scumbag in real life. So <laughs> kind of shrug at this point. It's but true. It's very true. Yep. How would you describe his run in WWE, Miss Chrissy Love? Meh, like I I don't know what run it was because they really I didn't really at what run like let's just call it what it, I did I, again I wasn't really a fan I, I said another big guy whoa we need more big guys okay like throw him in the whole roster of all the other guys you got like I didn't think he really had a run to be honest because he didn't do much and I mean I didn't like I didn't like what I saw so didn't I. When I saw him on, on TV, okay, I can go to the, you know, get something from the fridge or, you know, I can change, you know, put TV on mute. I'm going to look at my phone right now. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. Damn. I, 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 I love when, when Chrissy Love keeps it real. So <laughs> That's what I'm here for, friend. But do you believe, you know, what we know about WWE and their past with big guys that look like Lars Sullivan, if his past wasn't drug up, do you think... Lars Sullivan would have been successful in WWE. Ah, uh, pro. I don't think he would have been. No. Why no. not? And if he was, maybe he would have had to go like into like the UK. Maybe if he was at NXT UK and go against like Balta and things like that. Probably so. But like 
it's so many big guys that we have over on this side and then you know but so much the big guys can do after a while like I don't think he, his run would have been that good. I mean, because from what I seen or, you know, from what I saw, it wasn't much, you know, delivery. It wasn't much things happening anyway. So that's a fair that's a fair assessment from what you from what you've seen from Lars Sullivan. I'm not going to argue for him <laughs> at all. So, yes, this is good points made all around. Uh, we hope that he gets the help that he truly needs because the anxiety is a real thing. So there are definitely hotlines out there. There's websites that you could definitely go out and uh, look up if you need to talk to somebody. You yeah. know, we give out all of our social media, and it's not just to keep in touch with us as far as what's going on on the social on like YouTube and what we're doing. It's for you know, if you want to reach out, you just want to talk about wrestling, get your mind off of real life things. You know, I'm I'm here for that. Uh, I will talk about wrestling with anyone. I mm -hmm. I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to that. So I will talk to you about wrestling. Get your mind off of that because anxiety <laughs> is a real thing. And I have I've had to deal with it myself. I can mm -hmm. also relate to Lars because he lost his father last year. Mm -hmm. I lost my father last year, so I relate to all of that and I yeah. understand where mm -hmm. he went through. But that doesn't make any of what he said in the past acceptable. So yeah. it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And WWE is going to move on just fine, and we hope he does as well do the best in his future endeavors. Yes. But we have more news to discuss, Miss Chrissy Love. We have our news rundown of all the promotions, so let's get to it. So WWE news, of course, Miss Chrissy Love, you think that I was going to have you on. Maybe if it was just me and Top Guy JJ, I would have forgot to mention this, <laughs> this, this topic. But because it's you... We are, and that's our good friend, Bad Bunny. Reggaeton, Bad Bunny. I love it. Bad Bunny. <laughs> rapper Ed Starr, who made his WWE debut at Royal Rumble 2021, performing Booker T with the WWE Hall of Famer himself, is apparently going to have a match at WrestleMania. Oh. His altercation with the Miz at the pay with the Miz and John Morrison at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and the next night on Raw. PW Insider reports that he was working out at the WWE Performance Center this week. And reportedly, it's in preparation for a supposed match with himself and Damian Priest versing the dirt sheet duo Chrissy Love. What was your thoughts on Bad Bunny getting involved in the Royal Rumble and his altercation it. with the Miz and Morrison? <laughs> I thought it was amazing. I thought it was it, it neat because at that point in the Rumble, it was like, okay, it's like starting to get a little. Huh. And his spot was better than Snoop's. He he did know how to th jump off the ropes better than Snoop. That's he did true. better than Snoop. You know what I'm saying? So I'm actually and and shout out to them for like giving Bad Bunny that type that spot and also helped uh, giving Damian Priest's WrestleMania match. Like that's cool. Help you know give because he's gonna go. They're gonna win. They're not gonna lose. So you know give like Damian Priest is now on the main roster. He shouldn't wear white. Um. I didn't like the white outfit, but hey. But I'm happy that he has a WrestleMania match, and he's going to be with uh, Bad Bunny. I love Bad Bunny. <laughs> I love that you always give fashion tips. You always give fashion tips in between talking about the wrestling. I love it. I have to. I have to. What's your thoughts on... There's, there's been a lot of wrestling fans this week saying, who? 
who when it comes to bad money, as you say, um, I am one person who I'm kind of in the middle of this. I, I'm that I don't think there's two sides of the world where I think there's somewhere in the middle a shade of gray where I am a wrestling fan. I did know of Bad Bunny before the Royal Rumble, and that is because I grew up Same. with a bunch of Puerto Ricans. I I I, I know Puerto <laughs> Rican females that I Same. used to work yep. with, and literally my, my 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 Puerto Rican male fans, literally the ones that don't watch wrestling, they were like, "Yo, what's Bad Bunny doing on the Royal Rumble, bro?" So I'm just so it's just like this. I got is one better. Not. I got one better for you. One of my wrestling friends, his mom speaks only Spanish and she watches Telemundo, all those channels. She said to her son, son, she showed on Telemundo. Do you know that Bad Bunny going to be at the Royal Rumble? It is a, that's why. That is an international star. <laughs> so once you start <laughs> it's going to open, bring more people. Oh, what's he doing on there? And they're gonna make, they're gonna see one that he performed, and two that he actually was interacting with the the wrestlers. So it's gonna bring more viewers to see Cash Cow. They're not stupid. WWE is a lot of things, but they're not really that stupid when it comes really? to the dollars and the coins and stuff. They smart when they, they want to be. They like money too much to be that stupid. They like they love money too much. There you go. Yep. This is true. This is true. And I thought it was excellent use of Bad Bunny to use him yes. to push Damian Priest. Like, it mm -hmm. put Damian yes. Priest in a spotlight. It made it different from other NXT call-ups that we've seen in the past. And mm -hmm. I just enjoyed the, his, uh, his use on Monday Night Raw. I thought it was really good. And if he's a true wrestling fan, which it seems like he is... I right. love him coming in, living his dream, coming in and performing at WrestleMania. It puts a spotlight on Damian Priest. It gives Miz and Morrison a nice, fun, fun, uh, fun match at WrestleMania that fits their gimmick as well. Yes. So yes. it makes it makes too much sense. And you know you gotta have you gotta have some type of celebrity pop or buzz at WrestleMania. So let that be one of the celebrities. And you know, they they the, WWE is always. Always had a celebrity either in a match, call a match, juice. They've oh, that's their their pillow. That's their Oscars. So they've always had celebrities drawn in and to do something on their show. So why not bring this superstar who has a song after Booker T, <laughs> like who like we like you said we already knew who he was, but now a lot of people, oh, what's he doing over there? Let me go check it out and see and bring them to see what's happening on wrestling and maybe become a fan. Who knows? Yeah. This is this is how fans are built, and they're built around this time of the year. And you're right; it's always had celebrity use. And regardless of if you knew Bad Bunny before Royal Rumble or not, it doesn't matter. This is a better scenario with the celebrity coming in than Snooki and Kronk, in my opinion. And this oh, is, I thought Kronk was horrendous last year. I so hated the Kronk mania thing last year i i was it made me cringe i was so disappointed and 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 last year you know it was thrown together because of the pandemic you know they had to do what they had to do but he i oh my god Kronk should just do football for the weekend you know what i'm saying just go just do just do football um i don't even think i don't think that they're gonna win this weekend but anyway that's not what we're talking about so you know 
Hey, we'll get we'll get Super Bowl predictions at the end of this. Uh, but yes, but yes, uh, I think this is just a good use of of uh, Bad Bunny, and I think that you know celebrity use is always good for WrestleMania season because it attracts different eyes, and I'm all for that. But yes. one question I did want to ask you because you weren't with us that week: what uh, what was your thoughts on Cardi B's interaction with WWE a couple of weeks ago? Oh yeah. With with, uh, with Lacey Evans on social media. Okay, so I think Miss Lacey overstepped and didn't understand what she was doing. And, you know, I love it. I hope that it does happen. I love Cardi. That's my girl. Um, I would love to see her on the sh- it come in some kind of way. But Lacey just... Ugh. It, it, it cringed when I even read it. I'm like, oh, Lacey, like, what are you doing? Like, you, 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 and that's one thing people misread things and miss, you know, she, she didn't understand, you know, the level of what this is. Like, and especially if you're supposed to be doing kayfabe, you did it wrong, sis. Like, you, you, you're making, like, you're doing this bad, girl. Like, it, it, I would love to see it. The interaction between the two happen. I think it would be great. I think you can know show you know the Bronx. You know Cardi. Even though Cardi is more toned down now, she got money now. She's very rich and <laughs> she got a child. So I don't know if we're gonna get that hood Cardi that we've grown to love from before. But I am would love to see her at WrestleMania. I think it would be great if they can negotiate or you know give her you know the dollars and cents that can get her to come on and do something. I think it would be good. You're all for Cardi B and WWE. <laughs> Gotta love to see it. Uh, Russell Votes tweets this week that sources uh, said the vibe last uh, last night at the Royal Rumble was the most uh, upbeat locker room he's seen in a while. This time of the of year usually does that, but also went on to say that the road to WrestleMania has real meaning this year, serving as a small light at the end of the tunnel, uh, end of the dark tunnel, due to fans coming back in. So good note. For the for the wrestlers out there at WWE, I was saying when when you were watching the the especially the women's one, the rim, women's Royal Rumble, the, the last couple of minutes, especially with Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca, do you understand what the crowd would have been doing, the pop that the crowd would have been doing if they were in that building? Like this is where I'm like, you guys got it. We gotta get this pandemic down because we gotta get fans in there because this is what we crave like this is what we feed off of and then they would feed off of us so that those spots that that last couple of minutes would have been so beautiful if it was a crowd there it was beautiful it was a great royal rumble but if a crowd was there would have been so beautiful i totally agree with you uh bianca winning would have got a huge pop and then her her baby face promo which was absolutely tremendous uh, would have even got a bigger prop than that. And also, you know, to give credit to the men's Royal Rumble, even though I said the women's was better, um, like I said, the Christian moment was was great. Yeah, was yes. great there, but it would have been even better with a crowd. But even bigger than that, the, the ending with Randy Orton coming in, hitting the RKO, yes. and then reversing it, I think that it would have got the gas on the RKO. People would have believed it was over, and Edge winning would have got a huge pop. I think it would have yeah. been great. We all knew Randy was playing, so we was like, okay, when when is he gonna come back? When is he gonna, you know? So that was that. that we forgot to talk about that, but yes, that was actually a good. You know, he got the RKO, but he still lost, so it was good. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Another note uh, for WWE news, Mia Yim revealed uh, in a tweet over the weekend that she had tested positive for COVID-19. This apparently changed WWE plans with her being a uh, part of the Women's Royal Rumble match. Fightful Select reports that Tony Storm was the one that replaced her. Uh, we ah. want to send our best wishes and quick recovery to Mia Yim. And if if he is affected as well, uh, Keith Lee, who we haven't seen on television in the last in couple. Of I love. I was so happy when I seen her come out. You said Victoria. No, I said I was so happy to see Tony Storm when she came out. I was really, really excited to see her come to the Royal Rumble. So I was great. That was a great replacement for for uh, me. I am. Yeah, Tony. Tony was a nice touch to add some NXT talent in there. We have Mike Johnson of PW Insider reports that Carlito is expected to sign with WWE. Wrestling Inc. reports that Carlito will be coming on with WWE as a trial period ahead of a formal signing. Apparently, MVP was the one that pushed for him to get a job with WWE. How did you think uh, Carlito looked at the Royal Rumble? Great. Like I was, I was very surprised. I was like, another person that would have gotten a good pop would have been him as well. And uh, the back and forth in the ring, I thought was good too. Um, so I'm happy that he's doing. MVP is bringing a lot of gems back, you know. <laughs> so shout out to MVP for you know trying those guys in there. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to always work on TV, but you can be helping in the background. You know what I'm saying? So that's a good thing. You are correct. Mike Johnson of PW Insider also reports that there are currently no plans for Rhea Ripley uh, despite her official call-up at the Royal Rumble 2021. So that is unfortunate news. Uh, Booker T uh, confirms that independent wrestler AQA has been signed by WWE and in ratings news, SmackDown. 228 million viewers which was down from last week so we move on to AEW news Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio when addressing the working relationship between AEW and New Japan said the pandemic likely sped things up in his opinion mm-hmm. uh, the only way to get John Moxley on programming taped in the United States for New Japan was to make a deal with AEW, as AEW previously wouldn't allow him to wrestle televised shows in the USA. New Japan Pro Wrestling reportedly wanted to meet with Tony Khan, which didn't happen at first, as they sent Chris Harrington at one point. The Young, Bo- the young Bucks were also interested in making the deal. New Japan likely didn't know uh, how successful AEW would be at the time. This was back, of course, at the beginning of 2019, so that's why things like turned away the way they did. So They needed uh, Moxley to come back as IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, which needed Khan's approval and had the pandemic uh, not happened, Moxley would have just been able to go to Japan and perform there. But because he has to be in the U.S., that's why the Forbidden Door has been open. Are you you as as happy Mm. as I am that this Forbidden Door is open, Chrissy Love? Yes, I am very excited. I can't wait to see who else is going to go walk through the door. I'm so excited. It's it's that's that's the interesting part. That's what I think is gonna. Yeah, it's gonna be. It could be a oh, right, and they're making it fun. It looks like the guys are having fun. Like these brand to brand things. 
I keep, you know, reference to the brand to brand, but you know, these different companies are like, you know, giving us like a whole plateau of like wrestling events that can happen all together. And that, that they is actually can happen that you all can work together. It's true. So all major these anyway, exactly. We're all, they're all fans to begin with. So it just makes right. sense. <laughs> So moving on to New Japan Pro Wrestling News, New Japan announced this week on Thursday that they are coming to Ruko Ruku Channel, which is on Ruku TV, oh, which okay. makes them available in the United States, the nice. UK, and Canada. They will have a weekly show, which will uh, which will drop every single Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time so Very interesting time For New Japan Pro Wrestling Coming to Roku uh, channel It's going to be big things And what a week for New Japan Coming on AEW and then making this Announcement so now they are Available in the US so You fans you have no excuse for Missing your New Japan Yep ROH news uh, looks like Brody King will be the next challenger for the ROH Television Championship of Dragon Lee. Mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling news: ODB made her return on Impact, siding with Jordan Grace and Jazz against Diana Peraza, Kimberly, and Susan. You had Brian Myers and Hernandez versus Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona made official for the No Surrender uh, card on the thirteenth. They will also have the Triple Threat Revolver, which is a new a new style match uh, coming at No Surrender, which is going to be on the 13th. And yes, we will have a preview and predictions of the No Surrender card next week on True Hill Heat 112. Cardona, uh, Cardona a.k.a. Zach Ryder, spoke with Fightful Select and Indecent uh, Culture and said that he currently does not have a deal with Impact Wrestling, which is very interesting. And then our final news no MLW uh, has announced that Leo Rush will face Laredo Kid, and it's made official for next week's MLW Fusion, and that's going to be an interpromotional title fight with the MLW middleweight and AAA cruiserweight titles on the line. So, our last segment is, of course, preview and prediction time. This time, we are talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, new beginning in Hiroshima. We talked about it a little on True Hill Heat 110, but superb. (laughs) Final two matches from New Japan Pro Wrestling, new beginning in in Nagoya, with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Shingo Takagi to win the Never Openweight Championship. My God, that was a fantastic matchup. One of the, the candidates for match of the year. back mm, in, Already? Over 35 <laughs> minutes. New Japan's got about like five or six of them already. Between, I'm sure. Between the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom and this match, it's up there. Uh, I'm sure. That's not your taste. Will Ospreay versus Kojima was a no disqualification match. Crazy bumps, going through ladders, going through late tables. 
great stuff there. But Hiroshima, they have two bigger cards than even that that we got in Nagoya. We got uh, Gabriel Kidd and Yuromoro and Suji, the Young Lions teaming up to verse Suzuki Gun of Kaudomaru, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki. You got Master Wado going one-on-one with Bushi of LIJ. These two men have been going at it in tag team competition. Master Wado teaming up with the likes of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Koto Bushi. Bushi teaming up with his fellow members of LIJ. But Bushi has been successful over Master Wado two times in the past in one-on-one competition. This is our, their third match. Who you got, Miss Chrissy Love? Master Wado versus Bushi. Bushi. Going with Bushi here. I am going to go with Master Wado. Let's make Master it a little different. Okay. Can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> you got 5-on-5 five five action as Chaos, Yoshihashi, Tomoyori Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Toriyano, and Kazuka Okada versus El Phantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, who won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships from uh, from. Suzuki Gun, excuse me, <laughs> from Suzuki Gun uh, this past week on Road to New Beginning. They're going to be teaming out with Dick Togo, Yujiro Takahashi, and Evil of the Bullet Club. Uh, Chaos, Chaos versus Bullet Club going at it. Always good right there. You got tag team action of Tomaki Honma teaming up with the IWGP. Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion Koto Ibushi versus Tensuya Naito and Sonata, building up to their matchup the following night on the second night of New Beginning in Hiroshima. But the top two matches are this, and we're going to get predictions from Miss Chrissy Love and myself. IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships are on the line. Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa team mm. up. To defend their titles against Suzuki Guns, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taishi. This is wow. a from Wrestle Kingdom 15, where the GLD defeated Suzuki Gun to win the titles. Tomatonga has stolen the iron fingers of Taishi, so he can't use that to his advantage. And Tomatonga has been going free will with usage. But who do you think wins this one? GLD versus Suzuki Gun. Well, no, versus the Dangerous Techers. <laughs> Call them by their duo name. Dangerous right. Texas, Sabre Jr. and Taishi. Who I got, I'm going with G.O.D. for sure for the win. We can agree on this one. Let's go with G.O.D. to successfully defend. And in the main event, the junior heavyweights are given the spotlight once again. You got the IWGP junior heavyweight champion, Hiromu Takahashi. After beating uh, Taji Shimori back at Wrestle Kingdom, he makes his first defense against Rapongi 3K's own Show of Chaos. So this uh, got built up because it was Show who defeated Hiromu Takahashi in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. He was actually the last man to defeat him in that tournament, and he's the only man he hasn't revenged the loss against. The other person that beat him in that tournament was El Desperado, who Hiromu beat in the finals. So now he wants to get his win back against Sho. Who you got? Sho versus Hiromu Takahashi for the junior heavyweight title, Miss Chrissy Love. This is a hard one. Um... I want to say show, but I'm going to go with Takahashi. I'm once again going to agree with you and go <laughs> with Takahashi. I said it once. I will say it again. I will say it every time we talk about Hiromu Takahashi. My absolute 
favorite wrestler in all of New Japan. I just love yeah. his energy. Love what he brings in the ring. That's the one that wore that funny coat, right? Exactly. He, okay. he wears, well, yeah, like it looked like a whole bunch of troll dolls on him. <laughs> it looked like but, a Thanksgiving float. Yes. <laughs> and his hair just be all over. I love it. Okay, yes. Yeah, he's definitely got to win. <laughs> love him. Koto Obushi, those are my two favorites in New Japan, if you're taking note, folks. And then we got the <laughs> second night of New Beginning in, Hirom in Hiromashima. We got Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto uh, in six-man tag team action. The six -man, they're the never-open-way six-man tag team champions. They're not defending here. It's non-title against the Young Lions of Gabriel Kidd, Yura Yuromaro, and Yoda Suji. You got uh, Kanemaru, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki teaming up again against El Phantasmo, Taji Ishimori, and Yujiro Takahashi. You got Master Wado, Sho, and Honma versus Bushi, Hiromo Takahashi, and Tensuya Naito of LIJ. You got Toriyano and Kazuka Okada versus Dick, Kodo, Dick Togo and Evil. You got Doki and Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi teaming up to versus Jado, Tonga Loa, and Tama Tonga. And then you got the big one. For the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships is going to be Kota Obushi making his second defense of the double straps against Sonata. These two men versus in the G1 Climax 30 Finals. Really, really good matchup between the two men. And now we have a rematch here with the gold on the line. This is Sonata, I believe, second or third time getting a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. But can Sonata finally go to that mountain, climb that mountain, or will Koto Ibushi defend Miss Chrissy Love? I think Ibushi will defend and he will win. That makes sense? Yeah, <laughs> I hope we so. Agree. We agree once again. I, I hope think, so. <laughs> I think our boy is safe. I think that he will successfully defend the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships at New Beginning in Hiroshima. The question is, who will verse him next? I know New Japan's tradition with their in in the beginning of March, they have uh, the anniversary show. This is the 49th anniversary. In the past of the anniversary show, they've had the IWGP Heavyweight Champion versus the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And I am begging. Bushi <laughs> versus Hiromu. Give mm -hmm. it to me. Give it to me, please. I want to see that at the anniversary show. I don't know about you. But that is all for another edition of True Heel Heat. It's always fun when it's when it's uh, me and Chrissy love. Uh, you, we have fun with Top Guy JJ, but you know yeah, he me. Him. I annoy him. But <laughs> I always love when it's me and Chrissy love because yes. it's always a good time. Yes, always, always, always a great time. So to preview the lineup right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, go out of your way and watch my interview with Holla Dead of uh, talking about Mission Pro Wrestling, Wishes Granted, her match with Genocide at the event Saturday, February 6th. You can watch it on Title Match Wrestling Network. A great in-depth uh, interview where we talk about the business, her thoughts, her current position within the business, the road that she's taken in her business so far, being on commentary in Mission Pro Wrestling, who she thinks is the number one true heel in the business today. Wow. We have on the podcast 
just spoiler but yes she we go in depth it's a really good interview you can check out the latest uh edition of ae recap dark power review of honor true rewind mr new booty talking about the booty man good <laughs> stuff there uh j new japan talking about new beginning in nagoya so that's going to be a good one as well and we got coming up uh in a week's time most likely new beginning in Hiroshima. I'm going to be with uh, J News of J News Japan talking about the big shows for new beginning for New Japan. So if you love New Japan, you love True Hill Heat, we bring it together and we're going to talk about it on a pay per view roundtable review. Miss Chrissy Love, tell them where they can find you on social media and anything else you got going on. Uh, I'm Lisa Station with Chrissy Love. You can find me on IG, Twitter, and on Facebook. That would be Chrissy Love underscore, or just Chrissy Love, or just plain old simple Crystal Lynch. Nothing simple about you, sister. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at TrueHeel underscore EpicSP3. I, I will be getting a Twitter soon. I just want to put that out there. Your own Twitter. Yes, my own Twitter. <laughs> I won't be. I won't be uh, being under the disguise of Shiro yeah. Heed very soon. But you can follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at True Heel Heat. Of course, if you haven't already, you made it this far in the podcast. What are you doing? If you haven't dropped us a thumbs up, drop us a like if you enjoyed this uh, podcast. If you haven't. If you have disagreed with something we said, let us know in the comment yeah. section below. We always love to have a discussion, talk about things, talk about wrestling. Let us know there. There is also the subscribe button. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We are less than 30 subscribers away from 1K. We are edging in. We are so close. We can we could taste it. Yes. <laughs> Of course, push the uh, bell to stay notified and press all for all notifications so you can always get up to date when we drop a video, especially our live streams. I got to mention and hype up the last two live streams, which were so successful. True Hill Heat 110 was one of our best live streams yet. We yeah. had uh, 75 live views, which was a benchmark for us. And then... The Royal Rumble Roundtable Review the following night after the Royal Rumble set that even higher at 80 live views. So we're edging in and in. So we we love the support. Please show us some more. Like, share, and subscribe. Of course, check out all of our partners and our friends. Wrestling Travel, Warrior Wrestling, Battle Club Pro, Mission Pro Wrestling. Like I said, Mission Pro Wrestling, that big event, which is granted. February 6th, Budo, Texas. Check it out. You could also check me out on Wrestling Daily on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. If you haven't already, subscribe to there. Alex McCarthy, Louis Dangor, Stephanie Chase, me every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. BST. And of course, check out Powered 4 TV for not only True Hill Heat, but my new show, Powered 4 SP3. And I'll be uh, doing some on-camera work for Sports Keto Wrestling. Nice. I'll be doing their pay-per-view previews. I'll be doing one for Elimination Chamber coming up. And I'll also be a guest star on their live weekly podcast after SmackDown called Smack Talk with Richard Uzino. So check that out. Check all those stuff out. 
Big time for True Heel Heat. We are starting off 2021 on a good note, Miss Kersey Love, and you'll love to see it. Yes. Can't wait. Yes, let's go. So until True Heel Heat 112 next week, if you are listening to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Anchor, Spotify, leave us a review. We are signing off for True Heel Heat 111 for the beautiful, lovely Miss Chrissy Love. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. For our special guest, John Kerrigan. For Top Guy JJ, we are signing off until next time.